Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. <laughs> hey, Bob, what, what in the world are you wearing? Jimbo, I have my... The mission continues. COVID nineteen face mask on. Mission continues. Co- yes. <laughs> Go for it. Here's why I'm wearing it, Jimbo, because the replanting mission must continue. It must. It must continue. We can't stop. But I can't help but feel like you're kind of like those guys driving down the road wearing a mask in a car by themselves. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'll. I'll. I'll pull it down then because I don't want you to be <laughs> I, I need this podcast we gotta we gotta be on point here so <laughs> well you know you do you do make a good point we do have to be on point and the mission must continue and so I, I wanted to dive in a little bit over it's going to take us a lot of episodes to cover this but I wanted to introduce some ideas of some things that we've been working on together for a while now talking about what does it take to actually be a replanter because coming out on the other side of this Bob as we've talked about when we had Les McEwen on and, and he talked to us about that, that downwind effect of the economy that we're in right now and how that's going to push you back. And so in a, essentially everybody's coming out of the other side of this as a revitalizer uh, of some kind. Right. Uh, and so everybody's going to have to re revive, replant something, some part of their ministry. And so I thought it would be helpful maybe to you, the listener, if, if you could just understand what does it take to be a, a effective replanter or revitalizer? And I think one of the first key pieces to that before we even get into the characteristics is self-awareness, right? Just, just like this is why I think doing self-assessments and, and, and asking the Lord to kind of show you in Romans 12, it says, take a sober judgment of, of yourself, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, right? And so we've all met that guy who thinks a little more highly of himself than he ought to. We do. And it's usually at a conference. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just need to recognize this. And this is one of the things that I appreciate about you. So let me, let me talk a little bit about what I love about Jimbo. You know, in our 20s, like most of us are bulletproof, right? They're like, mm-hmm. we, know, we know better than everybody. Right. And we just, we kind of have that. And then we enter our thirties and in our thirties, we, we sort of have this crisis because we feel like everything's urgent and we got to do it right now. Right. It, it, it's like, as I remember as a youth pastor in my thirties, it was like, everything was critical, like mission critical. If we didn't resolve it at the staff meeting, people like we, the church was going to be going down in flames, et cetera. So I made a lot of people frustrated in my 30s. In your 40s, you have a personal crisis that's like, I realize I can't do everything. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know, right? And, and so you have this internal this crisis. Now that we're getting into self-awareness, but it's through crisis, right? Yeah. Now let me talk about my 50s. You know, in my early 50s, one of the things I love about my 50s is I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm really bad at. <laughs> and I know the things that I should focus on and the things that you don't want me focusing on. And here's the great part. I'm okay with it. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and so I've been one of those guys that's had to make that trip through chronological decades, but you don't have to wait till you're 50 to figure that out. 
And no. one of the things I love about you is I think you've got that figured out and you're in your thirties, right? So be like Jimbo. Don't be like Bob. <laughs> well, here's what I'd say is maybe I just met crisis a little bit early. <laughs> it's, it's not the years, it's the miles, right? In, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got a lot of mileage uh, if we're counting crisis as mileage. And so, yeah. And you have to, so I guess one of the things to talk about Jimbo is like, how does one become self-aware, right? Well, hardship and crisis is one of the things that creates the, the need for self-awareness, but it doesn't always produce the fruit uh, or the knowledge of self-awareness. So there's a difference between needing to be self-aware and then actually becoming stuff where crisis is a great opportunity for that. It really is. Um, crisis is a great teacher. Uh, there's a great saying, smooth, it's, I think it's an old African proverb, smooth seas do not make skilled sailors. If everything goes well, you're, you're not going to learn much. Um, and, and so it, it requires yeah. going through some things to, to learn a little bit. And, and so I think, understanding when we look at the the word of God in Psalm 78, 72, which I think is such a great passage for any pastor to kind of really think through. Uh, It says, he shepherded them with a pure heart and guided them with skillful hands. And and understanding that there, there is absolutely a supernatural piece to ministry that cannot be denied. And so when we start talking about research that we've done and characteristics and uh and things like that don't don't think that we have tried to remove the holy spirit from this uh these are this is observational research that we have done to determine some characteristics but there's no doubt uh outside of anything that we say ministry is is a work of the holy spirit and a leaning into the holy spirit psalm 127:1 says Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. And so before we even get into other characteristics, I think it's important to establish part of that self-awareness piece has to be a self-awareness of your Holy Spirit dependence and, Mm -hmm. and not dependence on your skillful hands. But we also have to look at what it looks like to have skillful hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the dual aspect of knowing what's inside of you in terms of what your, um, your sinful tendencies and your deficiencies of character, your wounding that creates a, a sinful response. That's knowing that and then knowing your skills. Cause there are certain things that you're good at just, because God's wired you up a particular way and has built into you uh, a skill set of vision. You can make something from nothing. You're, you're give me a blank page and I can create it and fill it or give me um, a pastoral concern and give me a group of people that are hurt and, uh, and I can shepherd them. And so those are spiritual giftings and and natural abilities. So I, I think where we get in trouble is Maybe, and we've seen this in in the pastoral culture, where we see uber gifted and talented guys who have no have a lack of spiritual awareness, which is both of those are part of self awareness, right? And so 
they get uh, they they lean into their giftings, which is awesome, but they don't understand the spiritual dynamics of what's going on in their life. And so we need both of those. You know, I think of Psalm one thirty nine, which David's just asking God to search him, right? And and says, you, you, you search me and know me, Lord. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. So David, so the Lord has an infinite amount of understanding about us. And I'm convinced that he wants us to come to some understanding about ourselves like he understands us, right? We'll, we'll never be, we'll never know ourselves fully like the Lord knows us. Right. Um, but I think he can, he can reveal who we are and, and where we're strong and where we're weak. And ultimately what that's supposed to produce is not pride, but humility and dependence. Part of self-awareness can be understanding that God has uniquely wired and designed you. Like you said, that we're not meant to be cookie cutter copies of each other or of anybody else, but God has uniquely wired and designed you. And I, one of my favorite moments in my life of a point of self-awareness is I had really, prior to this, when I became a youth pastor, really never explored personality types. And I have what some would call a strong personality. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, 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 was, I honestly was not aware of that. And in my youthful arrogance, I just figured I saw the word world rightly and others did not. And Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and and then I, you were in your 20s, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was in my 20s. And that's just what it's like in your 20s. And and I remember uh, becoming a youth pastor at a church in New Orleans. And actually, I hadn't even become the youth pastor yet. It was the like, introduce me to the church. And then there was like a meet and greet with parents and youth workers after the service. And it's a luncheon. And a lady walks up to me with a three ring binder and sits down next to me, opens it up with all these details and goes, Hey, when do you have some free time in your calendar that we could talk through some details that I have scheduled for the next six to nine months in our youth ministry? Whoa. Doesn't say, doesn't say hello. Doesn't say good to meet you. Doesn't just like, I mean, you have to understand prior to this moment, Bob, I don't even know if I had ever owned a calendar. <laughs> and so you're a youth pastor. You didn't do like back in when I was a student pastor, we, we used to labor on the summer youth calendar that they would put on their wall like a rock and roll poster. You didn't do that? <laughs> no. I had so no some idea. guys will know what I'm talking about, but, you know. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing, man. And, <laughs> and so this lady freaked me out. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't process why anyone would put that much detail into a three-ring binder for youth ministry. I, I just, and so I assumed, and this is being a hundred percent honest, I assumed she must have had nefarious intentions and that she course, was just yeah. trying to take over the youth ministry and hijack my leadership. <laughs> and so I avoided this woman like the plague for, for six months. Uh, every time, every time she would try to meet with me, I would duck the meeting. I would duck the phone calls. I just thought I'm not letting this lady take over six months in. She finally wrangled me into a meeting and she sits down and I mean, just so patient. And let me tell you in hindsight, I love this woman. If I could take this woman with me everywhere, my life <laughs> would be better. And everyone around me's life would be better. And, and so she sat down and very lovingly and graciously and mercifully said, I think you're an excellent youth pastor, but I think you don't like details. 
I do like details. I like creating sign-up sheets and I like doing spreadsheets and I like planning out calendars. And so what I'm asking you is let me do that for you so that you can be you. And it was an eye-opening moment for me where I honestly had like a internal dialogue of like, could this woman be telling the truth? Are, are there actually people on this planet that legitimately enjoy like processing out things at a detailed level like that? I, my brain could not wrap around that reality, but it was such a life-changing relationship for me with this lady. And, and so when I moved to Jacksonville, Florida, I begged her to move with me. Uh, yeah. because to this day, I, I would personally take a massive pay cut just to have this lady by me. Uh, <laughs> she is incredibly gifted and, and just an incredible woman and such a help in so many ways. And so, but here's my point is that was such a moment of increased self-awareness for me that has impacted my ministry ever since mm-hmm. and and always will. And that lady did a great service for me. And so I've learned a lot of skills that she taught me that I didn't have, that seminary didn't teach me, that no other mentor taught me, but this youth ministry volunteer taught me. And, and I've become far more organized as a person, partially out of just self-awareness of knowing that things go better when I do that even if it's something I'm not good at or, uh, or doesn't come naturally to me, it, it, it lets me know that, okay, that's something I need to lean in on. That's amazing. And I love that story in, in the sense of in it, in it, you see there was, she, she had great commitment to you and your success. And she affirmed you like coming to you and go, man, you're a great youth pastor and the setup there. And I think I'm, I would believe that it was genuine. You're great youth pastor and let me help our ministry be even better. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like the reality is most great youth pastors are not detailed guys. They're just, they're visionaries, they're pastors, they're, you know, entrepreneurs, innovative folks. And, and so I think even replanters to some degree, um, and it, it varies by person to person, you know, you're going to have strengths that enable you to be successful in an aspect of your ministry, but not the entirety of it. And that's because God has designed us to depend on the body to do ministry. Being aware as a leader of where, where you lead best and most effectively and where you are at a deficit is incredibly important. And that's a part of, of your awareness, personal awareness, um, self-awareness, that sort of thing. One of the aspects too that, and, and I, I think I'd like just to bring this up. So in the replanting journey, ministry is hard. Replanting seems to be particularly hard in, in some different ways. And so one of the aspects of self-awareness is your, your story, your home of origin story, your life story, the way you respond to conflict, the way you respond to people, all those sorts, sorts of things. And I think you've really got to have an idea and an understanding of all of that because there's nothing like the crucible of replanting that will bring up dynamics in your life that feel, you don't know why they feel strong and you don't know why it hurts so bad. And you don't know why this particular incident or this particular person makes you frustrated and angry so much. But if you can sit with that a little bit and sit with the Lord in in that, you might begin to understand that some of the pain you experienced in your season of growing up 
maybe in your home of origin or maybe in high school, maybe in college, maybe in your first job, maybe, you know, significant relationships. Every bit of that impacts who we are today. And part of self-awareness, emotional intelligence is understanding that. So the response that I'm having to the deacon who's always asking me for, you know, every single detail and that all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Why do I get irritated by him so much? Right. Why does he make me crazy? Why does a person who's, who's really uh, passive and really non-affirming and just kind of looks at me with a blank face all the time, the person who I would just want to try to make them smile or affirm what we're doing. Why are they so forefront in my mind? Why I'm so, why am I so obsessed at getting their approval? Right. Well, you probably need to figure that out uh, because there's going to be more people like that. And I could add a whole list of roster of characters uh, and personality types to that. Part of your self-awareness is realizing um, I, I'm bent in a particular way to respond to certain people in a particular way. And there's, there's a, a process where the Lord uses those kinds of people in our life to sanctify us and make us more focused on being obedient and living in his approval that already exists because of Christ and not performing. I meet replanners all the time that are killing themselves and exhausting themselves because they're seeking the approval of people around them rather than resting in the approval that they already have in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Ministry is painful in a lot of ways because it will increase your self-awareness, right? So this is not a very biblical uh, perspective, but there's a great Tennessee Williams quote about self-awareness. If you think about it, it's true in a tragically funny, dark way. So Tennessee Williams says, there comes a time when you look into the mirror and you realize that what you see is all that you will ever be. And then Mm -hmm. you accept it or you kill yourself. Or, (laughs) Or you stop looking in mirrors. Ooh, that ended better. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so that I've always thought that was a really funny quote, but, but here, here's where I, I actually do pull a point from that of like, here's what actually does happen. And he, and he's not wrong. Right. There, there comes a point in, in self-awareness where that's a painful thing. Self-awareness when we look at and we see our shortcomings and they're not the way we want them to be. That is, that's a painful reality. And so what we either do is we either just like quit looking in mirrors or things that create self-awareness and we just ignore all of that and we just figure out or, or we accept who, who we are, right? And, and, here's, and so here's where I will take it theological. For me, self-awareness has been one of the biggest journeys and now it becomes one of my biggest pursuits. I, I always want to mm-hmm. be self-aware because what it here's and here's what I've realized is what it does. It allows me to realize how God designed me like, mm-hmm. cause God, God designed me and, and he designed me to have a big loud personality and he designed me to be a big hugger and he designed me to be compassionate and caring, but he also didn't design me to be the guy running details on things. And that's not, that's not a bad thing that, that tells me and helps me understand some things about what God has called me to do. Uh, and so here's what I'd say. Uh, one, I'd encourage you to take a personality profile if you haven't and, and really read. And there's all kinds of good ones out there. You know, one I, I lean on a lot is DISC just because it makes sense to me and it's simple. There's Myers-Briggs, but that one gets a little more detailed and complicated. That's yeah, technical. Yeah. yeah, more technical. And so I think on a simple level, DISC is an easy one to understand. 
and, and using the disc one, here's what I'd say I see, and I'd ask if you see the same thing, Bob. I see either one or two type of personalities that go into replanting and for different motivations, neither, neither of which being bad. There's either the high D, high I, like driven, inspirational personality, which is my personality that goes, I want to go in and fix something that's broken. And yeah. I, got a, I got a vision for that. And I'm excited and I bring a lot of energy into that. But there's an, another set of guys that I see. And here's where I'm going to disagree with some of the research that's out there. Some of the research that's out there would say a high S, that steadfastness, uh, steadiness, very empathetic person. She I, I say very shepherding type person um, is drawn to the hurting people in the congregation, the hurting church, and wanting to see healing there. And now there is some research out there, and I won't say the authors on a recording, that will say uh, that that guy can't turn a church around. Well, I've seen that empirically to be not necessarily true. Yeah. So here's where the self-awareness piece comes in so much. As a high has as a high I high D, I have to understand there are moments I'm going to have to slow down more than I want to, and focus on shepherding because my natural bent in my personality is to run hard and fast, and and that can be an asset and that can be a good thing, but self awareness tells me I got to learn when to slow down. Now. A high S or high C personality is, is going to have really great gifts in shepherding and caring and taking care of the people and taking care of the details. And that is a huge asset as well. But they're going to have to realize there are going to be some times where they got to kick it up a notch and, yeah. and they got to they gotta throw a little gasoline on the fire and pick, pick up the speed. And I think that's the key is figuring out how, how to know that and then how to build teams around it, which is why I think I've always been, I've been drawn so much to that Les McEwen visionary operator processor center, just team building. And then the Micah freeze episode that we had about leveling the church, those resonate with me so much because they require self-awareness to do them well. And they require an Ephesians four, 11 through 16, understanding of the body of Christ coming together. Absolutely. You, you know, as you're describing that so beautifully in terms of personality tests and biblical truth, the, the, the image that keeps coming to my mind is an EMT team yeah. in an ambulance. All right. So I'm just going to do a practical kind of everyday illustration. So do you want to be the guy driving the ambulance to the hospital or do you want to be the guy in the back that's administering care, right? Well, the EMT team, those, those guys have to be able to do both, right? Yeah. And, and so I got to be able to drive the ambulance and I got to be able to get in the back giving care. And as a replanter, uh, sometimes we're, we're like that. We've got to, sometimes we've got to drive and we got to get there quick and we got to navigate some, some dangerous and risky situations and, and time is of the essence. And the other times we just need to apply, critical care and um, compassionate care to, to people who are hurting. So I, I love that. And, and the other thing too is, is I would just, I would add this. Um, 
most of the time when we prep, when I, as a high D or I think about self-awareness, here's what I focus on my deficiencies, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Here's all the things I'm not good at. And then it's like, okay, well, what do I have to do to be good at them? (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm just never going to be in. And here's things like, I'm just not going to be good at some things and that's okay. Yeah. If I'm good at everything, then I don't, I don't, I depend on no one and I don't depend on God. And so my deficiencies are given to me by the Lord Mm -hmm. for my sanctification and for me, depending on the body for me staying humble. And so if you're, if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking about, man, I I don't want to become self-aware because I, I'm just going to focus on all the things I'm going to be bad at. I'm going to be discouraged. Okay. Look at it a different way. Just know that, know those things. These are the, these are things that I need to put on my stop doing list or delegate or hand off to somebody else. But what are you uniquely qualified to do? Getting back towards Micah Freeze, the leveling the church. What are, what are you uniquely qualified to do, qualified to do and gifted to do? Do that and be free of the things that you are not good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like Tennessee Williams said, you can either accept <laughs> it, kill yourself or stop looking in mirrors. You're like an old man. You got these quotes and these stories and all this kind of stuff. Like, like <laughs> yeah. So, so here's what I'd say is uh, to you guys listening, listen, figure out how to be self-aware. A couple of things you can do, right, is obviously you can just talk to the Lord and look at scripture and look at your life in an evaluative way. You can talk to your spouse. You can talk to coworkers, supervisors, friends, ask them good questions. You can take personality. Here, take a personality profile. And here's what I'd say. Read the, all the parts of it, right? Read the, the parts that describe the good things about your personality. Read the things that describe the potential pitfalls or challenges of your personality and, and look at them with an honest self-assessment. Uh, check yeah. out those episodes that we've talked about. If you didn't catch them in the midst of all the COVID stuff, we understand. We've, we'll have them linked in the show notes. Um, see you guys soon. And we'll start diving into the actual characteristics of a replanter here soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.